Hey, Matt. Hi, Connor. Do you like gummies? I sure do. You know where you can get great gummy bears and other edibles? Where? Cannabis in a snap. Find the best marijuana and CBD deals near you on the Leaf Buyer app. It's so easy to save money on ounces, edibles, wax, shatter, and more of your 420 favorites. Stop paying for overpriced products. Just text 31996 to download the new Leaf Buyer app. Standard message and data rates may apply. That's so cool. Hey, hey, hey. What are you guys doing on my hey, podcast? Hey, this is ours. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is, is mine and Brady's. Come yes, on now. We started this. Come on, you don't want any of this? No. No. Get listen, off our podcast. Listen to the show. You're listening to the OKC82 podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is Brady Trantham. No Madison Morse tonight. She is off having Christmas with her family. Ugh! Boo. How dare she? Betrayal. I know. The Phoenix Suns were in town. I know. How could she miss this game? It's pathetic. I get wanting to miss, like, a game with the Memphis Grizzlies, but this is the Phoenix Suns we're talking about. freaking Suns. They were 7-4 and at one point, mind you. Hey. No. Uh, by the way, that, that they're still seven and four. By the way, the voice that you're hearing is of our trusty intern, Mr. Connor Ayubi, and we're also joined by Connor's friend, NBA aficionado, and it's my podcast. I don't know if he actually listens to OKC, OKC82, so I'm just going to say it. Longtime listener of the OKC82 podcast, he's got a poster on his wall. Frank Lee, it's true. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome <laughs> to the show, sir. Thank you, thank you for having me. Of and course. I did, I did listen to every episode. Wow. Connor, when Connor, Connor is on, uh, well, <laughs> he doesn't listen when I'm not on. Hey, hey, you're still listening. That's all that counts. All right, Pre- we'll take it. Yeah, thank you so much, Frank, for joining us. Thank you sure. for listening. And hopefully, after Connor has left us to uh, land down under, mm-hmm. uh, you might, if you're bored, if you're just bored, ah, let me let me listen to this this asshole talk about the thunder. Brady. I'll consider it. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. all I want to. That's all. That's all I need. At least think about it. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure you guys, the fan base, will probably double as soon as I uh, bounce on out of here. Oh no, no, you Connor. Stop my name in the featured column, and you guys are gonna. You guys are gonna shoot through the roof. That's well, what's, that's nah. what's really gonna flip the switch. You're. Uh, are you gonna be here for the Clippers on Sunday? I'll be here for the Clippers. Is that that's, your... that's the gonna be the last man. Draw. Man, will the fans boo Paul George? That's, I don't know. That's gonna be your big angle. I know. That's 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 the exciting one. I. I'm kind of expecting some cheers. I think it's going to be mixed, but I think let's, overwhelming cheers is going to be on Sunday. Let, I don't let, know, though. Let's table that for the end of the podcast because sure. I do want to get into that. I, I at least want to have an on-record take as to what before is going – Yeah, before it happens. <laughs> sure, so sure. tonight, the Oklahoma City Thunder defeat the Phoenix Suns 126-108, to 108, I believe was the final. Right. Um, and it was quite a performance. I mean – whether you want to talk about the team, whether you whether you want to talk about individuals, Shea Gilles Alexander with a career high 30, 32 points. 32, yes. points. 32 points. His previous career high was 29 points in that miraculous win against the Timberwolves a few weeks ago in Oklahoma City. Yep. Gets a career high tonight. Danilo Gallinari had a really sensational night. Can't even talk. 22 points. Uh, really efficient from the floor. Dennis Schroeder kept doing his thing. And really, like the main thing going into this game, guys, and Connor, we'll start with you. The Thunder, cool. They came back from 24-plus point deficits in two consecutive games. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Try not to be in that spot in the first place. A, they completed that. They were never down in this game more than five, and that was at the very beginning of the game. And then two, if you're going to have a lead, 
please don't let the third quarters come back and bite you in the ass like they were in the beginning of the year. It almost did. And we'll get to like that special point in that third quarter. It almost did, but the Thunder really took control and controlled this game throughout. They really did. They uh, they stepped on the pedal early, and they really didn't let go as soon as they took control of the game. Uh, the third quarter got a little bit scary. You know, the Phoenix Suns came out firing a little bit. They ended up finishing with 41 points in the third quarter, which is pretty pretty insane number. Uh, but the Thunder topped that with 44. So yeah, their offense was clicking all night. Phoenix Suns defense really couldn't do much to stay in front of them. Uh, was talking with some people uh, in the lo- in the Phoenix Suns locker room afterwards, and really the, some of the main issues that they continue to point to were just difficulties with on-ball defense with their guards. They didn't have quite have the athletes to be able to stay in front of uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who was getting to the rim all night, executing in mid-range, and then he knocked down a few threes to go on top of that. He was just a monster all night. Uh, but even outside of him, they were having trouble containing Schroeder, who was getting to the rim well, having trouble containing Chris Paul, who was penetrating, doing his thing. Gallinari was getting to the paint. Even Gallinari. He exactly. had two layups and two dunks tonight. Yeah, he had he had a couple blowbys. Uh, and the, the, <laughs> it was it was pretty ridiculous. Phoenix was just so switch heavy with their fours and their fives, yeah. and and like you said, they don't have the athleticism on the perimeter to even have an on-ball defender anyway. So if you get past that initial defender. Their bigs are slow at switching around. Yeah. The lane's going to be open for a few seconds, and Shea, Dennis, and everybody just kind of took advantage of that. They, they attacked it really, really well, and they, they took advantage of uh, – it's definitely important to note that DeAndre Ayton, the Phoenix Suns' big man, number one pick from last year, uh, was out one more game with a high right ankle sprain. Um, he just returned from a long suspension, so the Suns haven't had him most of the year, but – they could have really used some rim protection tonight. Oh, yeah. Aaron Baines wasn't cutting it, <laughs> not switching very quickly, and then uh, the guards just weren't containing the initial attack at all, and as soon as they got going downhill, Suns just weren't rotating quick enough, like you said, to, to be able to hold them down. I mean, uh, I don't know. What do, you, what, what do you think we saw over here, Frank, in terms of uh, the defense from the Thunder throughout the game? Uh, I think I think the first half, like both teams, I think defensively, they did a, they did a pretty good job defensively. Um, but the third quarter, I mean, both teams just started to, like, hit shots. Yeah, they're knocking down everything. Yeah, and Thunder, I think, finished the game with 40, 42% three-pointers three percentage, I think. Yeah. Um, while the Suns the only have, like, 34%. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first half, like, neither of these teams are, like, just making these shots, even if it's open. But in the third quarter and the fourth quarter... Yeah, and I think it's probably a good segue into getting to talk about that third quarter moment because the first half, the Thunder led, except for the very beginning of the game, I think the Suns had a five-point lead early on, yeah. and the Thunder eventually took the lead, and they had it for the entire night. But seven and a half, I think. Yeah, first half was first half was so slow and plotty, and there were yeah. so many fouls. There was even this really confusing yeah, uh, moment was. where – now, I was freelancing for the Norman transcript, so – and I'm this. I'm not trying to brag. I'm trying to set up why I know this. Um, so I was sitting at press row, and I'm sitting. I'm sitting right behind all the scorekeepers and like everybody that is in charge of like who has what foul and what nice. the calls are. And so we have that situation where there's a technical foul, and then there's a double foul, which was initially called a double tech, but it got overturned. It did get overturned. It got corrected to being yeah. a double foul. Now somebody there was either a poor communication because we were confused for the next hour as to how many fouls Stephen Adams actually had and if you looked at nba.com and these numbers that you see on nba.com on the box score they're coming from these people that are sitting right next to me and right in front of me they're just pressing buttons and it goes everywhere straight up mm-hmm. and at one point in the 
about four minutes left in the third quarter, Stephen Adams had four fouls. Ten seconds later, he had two. Like, it was a large confusion confusion as to, like, what was actually going on. But anyway, so that really had no effect on the game. It was just kind of, like, the game's happening right in front of us, and then we're trying to figure out, like, okay, because this is actually kind of important. This could be important. Yeah, that was a pivotal moment for sure. They were were still very close. And for a second, I I started freaking out when they called the the second technical. What what I thought was the second technical on Steven Adams, because that meant he was ejected from the game. Yeah. So I thought they were kicking him out, and both both of the calls were off of just... Steven Adams mouthing off to the refs or arguing with uh, another guy on the Phoenix Suns first. I think it was Kelly Oubre and then Aaron. Good thing that it was overturned to a regular foul because uh, Steven Adams was a bruiser tonight for the Thunder, and he was pretty essential for them throughout that second half. He too. was just strong. Yes. Like, this yeah. is the first time I watched a live Thunder game. Oh, really? And the, <laughs> like, the, this is actually my first time to visit Oklahoma City. Oh, well, welcome. Sorry the weather <laughs> is kind of boring, but... It's not bad. It's okay. <laughs> it could be worse, I'll just say. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, and I mean, one of my first impressions of the game is Stephen Adams is hella strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's just like bullying uh, like under the rim. Well, really quick, I mean, everybody already knows the Thunder one. Frank, tell us about tell us a little bit about, about you. We should have done this at the beginning <laughs> of the show. Like, where are you from? Like, <laughs> what got you into the NBA? Like, come on, yeah, give, so give me some infos. I am from China. Okay. And I'm currently at Rice University with Connor Yubi. Awesome. I'm a Fly we owls. both yeah go out. <laughs> We both study sports management, and I also double major in computer science. Mm-hmm. And um, at this past summer, I interned at the NBA League office in New York. Oh, wow. I was in global media distribution department, the department which took down NBA Reddit. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are still there are still ways. Trust me. I just watched Trey Young have, like drop like 32 points on the Warriors last week or whatever. And you did that on the legal league pass, right? Perhaps. Like, depending on who's listening to this. Well, <laughs> Frank is listening right now, and he will call up Adam Silver if uh, he finds out you're using an illegal stream. So Come on, man. I, co- I cover the league. They, they should give media members free access to league pass. Like, we kind of need it. Hey, I, d- I don't have... I- I don't have three hundred dollars. I agree with that. Can you can you can you call Silver up right now? Actually, can we get him on the pod? If you're yeah. a credentialed me- media member, you should at yeah. least have some type of code. Like you get a code. Like okay, now you can have League Pass. That's a great idea. I could arrange that. <laughs> okay. I mean, oh wow. Me and Adam, like we are buddies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. OKC eighty two podcast. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. No. <laughs> um, We're quitting. We have League Pass. No. But again, uh, and really quick, Frank, we're at in China. I'm just curious. Uh, it's a city called Hangzhou, so it's near Shanghai. Near Shanghai. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, it's, we've had. I'm trying to think. We've had people from just the United States on this podcast. I don't think we've had anybody. We got our first international on the podcast. That's exciting. This it's is about to go global. We're this going is global. Aw- this is awesome. Um, trying market. to get trying to get another international person person of interest on the podcast been trying to get this i'm not gonna say but you know we got we got deontay burton a few weeks ago and then he was uh he was promptly sacked for some reasons but he has since returned so don't blame the podcast anymore yeah it's not it was not your fault (laughs) it's been revealed at first i thought it was your fault because it happened he told us some sensitive information yeah and he he put that out on the airways and the thunder nixed him sent him to the g league i mean he blamed the third quarter woes on the lack of not having russell westbrook as their point guard anymore because he was just like <laughs> like w- the point guard's job is to like be fast and energetic and get us going and it's like chris paul's not that guy shay's not g- that guy dennis is fast but he's not that guy oh, and it's just like wow come on deontay to the blue with you anyway <laughs> so back to the third quarter um and like we said like the the suns jump out to a 15-9 advantage in the third mm-hmm. And it's starting to look like okay, this yeah. this game could could potentially 
go the way that we've seen so many Thunder leads this season where they control the first half and then the third quarter happens and it becomes a ball game that the Thunder have to then climb back into and they typically are able to do that. But then at the end of the day, they'll lose, and you just go, if they just didn't have that lapse in the third quarter, they probably have this victory. So uh, 15 points for the Suns. 12 of those came from Ricky Rubio, who hit every shot in the third quarter up until that point. Billy Donovan calls timeout. The Thunder then go on to outscore them 61-53, I believe, or 61-43, excuse me. They dominated from that point on in the third quarter, and especially in the fourth quarter defensively because, like we already said, uh, both teams scored 40-plus points in that quarter. But um, it was just – to me, it was a really good sign of just how this team is subtly improved from game to game, week to week, month to month. Uh, and, again, like the Suns, they are what they are. Like they do have talent. They they do have an unfortunate little string of injuries that they're dealing with and the suspension to DeAndre Ayton that just ended. Uh, so we don't really know how good they are at full strength just yet. But at the end of the day – the Thunder have been gobbling up wins against teams that are fringe playoff teams and below playoff teams. But still, given the expectations that we had going into this year and then the subtle improvements that I just talked about, it was nice to see. Like, obviously, they, didn't, they don't go down 20 in this game and have to come back. And then they don't blow a lead in the third quarter, which could have happened. They just really turned it on defensively. And it was um, just when you watch a team every single game, it is nice to see subtle improvements. W- especially with a team that's actually kind of good. Yeah, no, the, the Suns are legitimate this year. I know uh, we, we heard some bickering after the game like, oh, man, it would have been ridiculous if we lost <laughs> to the Suns. That would have been so embarrassing. But, you know, the Suns, the Suns have a real squad this year. Uh, they were in the playoff picture for a while now, falling a little bit out of there. We'll see if they get back in or not. But uh, the Thunder managed to take control of most of this game. But to be honest, I felt like through the first three quarters, they looked really evenly matched. And uh, Frank actually asked me at halftime, he said, uh, wh- like, why do you why do you think that the Thunder are winning this game by seven right now? Like, why are the Thunder up seven, and why why is it not tied? Why are the Suns not up seven? And I thought on it for a while, and I, I tried to come up with some good reasons. And honestly, I was like, I I don't know. Like, these teams both just seem like they're playing at such an equal level. You know, the Thunder are doing some things better than the Suns. They were hitting from three. Uh, they they were defending well and pushing them into some shots that they wanted the Suns to take, especially in the mid range. Suns were doing other things better than them. They were rebounding a little better in the first half. Uh, they ran a lot of a lot of good set actions that led to some really good open shots for them. So I, it was really hard to say like which team was the better team in the first half. The Thunder had the lead, but it felt very very even throughout. Same thing happened in the third quarter, and then fourth quarter they just stepped up, took control on the defensive end. Uh, their offense continued to click, and Shea Gilgis Alexander was basically unstoppable all night. Uh, and then the Suns, with uh, with some of that more it, that higher defensive intensity coming from the Thunder, the Suns really just faltered and weren't able to finish at all. Yeah, SJ is, according to Stan Muse, the youngest Thunder player who is not named Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook to score 32 points. Oh, I didn't Kevin even see that. Wow. Street, That's yeah. a good one. I missed that on the story I wrote. Uh, <laughs> Goodness. It's a little late. You're Come good. on, Brady. Check out Twitter more often. No, um, I mean, yeah, Shea was – I mean, just like we were talking about a little bit earlier with – Phoenix's switch-heavy defense. I mean, it allowed Shea to get into the paint. Yeah. He said in the locker room, I don't know if you were in there yet, Connor, but um, he had said, like, I get those shots all the time. It's just It was just a matter of them falling for me tonight. But it, it seemed to me like he's slowly but surely, he's really starting to fully grasp, A, how good he is, and B, how to utilize that skill set that he has. Because he's not going to blow by you with his speed. He's not going to power through you with his physical prowess. 
but he's so damn long and he can it's finish. Crappy. Billy Donovan talked, uh, highlighted this in the post game. He can finish at some of the weirdest angles just because his arms are so long and then he can just flick his wrist. Like he had one finish in the third or in the second quarter, had no business finishing it. And he just somehow flicked his wrist with his body going the opposite direction of the rim. Bounced he just flicked up. his wrist and it bounced and got kissed off the glass yeah. and it went in. And I mean, yeah, there is a little bit of like tonight he was just on, but those are the s- shots that he hunts for. And he, sure. and if he's going to make them, I mean, it, it's good moving forward for his uh, career. Yeah, I do think it was a little interesting to watch uh, throughout the game how some of the different matchups that the Suns threw at him kind of affected what shots he was getting and how well he was finishing them. Uh, they started off early with Ricky Rubio matched up against him. That was uh, <laughs> that was a mistake. Now put Rubio on Russell Westbrook. That works. Yeah, but, <laughs> but not Shay. Not Shay. Not Shay. Yeah, it, it really seemed like you know Ricky. Ricky's a pesky guy. He'll get he he has a good amount of steals per game. You know, but really not not a super quality defender in, in terms of his like ability to stay in front of people. Yeah. And uh, Shay just has like so much length on him that when he gets to the rim, he's able to finish right past him. And uh, it, it, was, it was obvious, like, right off the bat. Shea had 10 points in the first just few minutes uh, that he was just going to dominate Ricky. Um, and he did the same thing against some of their other smaller guards that the Suns threw at him, like uh, Elia Kobo, I think, saw, saw some time. Devin Booker saw a little bit of time matched up. Um, but I thought the, the one small success that the Suns had in slowing him down a little bit was when they gave Cam, Go- Cam Johnson some time on him. The uh, Everybody's the future Thunder player ever um, yeah. back in <laughs> June before the draft. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson's going to Thunder. Uh, no, he's not. So, yeah, he got he got snagged up a lot earlier. Uh, people were expecting him to go in the mid-20s where the Thunder might have had a chance to take him. It broke the draft. Yeah. He at, at that point, I was like, I don't – screw this. I don't understand. I want to go home. <laughs> when, when, he went to, when he went 11th uh, to the Phoenix Suns, that was that was pretty wild but um yeah he, he came in and i thought that you know guys like him with with his length and he's a he's a decently quick and and defender that can stay in front of people especially because of his length those are the type of players that shea has struggled bit a little bit more uh facing off against because when he gets to the rim he's all about those angles and getting past these shorter guys finishing over them and uh, he just struggles a little bit more when those guys are able to contest those shots a little better so they didn't give him too many of those looks, and quite quite frankly, I think that's part of the reason he was able to dominate so well. But it's interesting what you say about uh, sort of what Billy had to say about his shot selection and the angles that he takes him at. Because I think that a big reason he's able to do that t- so well is because he takes advantage of those smaller smaller guards defending yep. him. Yeah, and, and the good thing like for Thunder fans moving forward with Shea, I mean, it's like, yeah, he, he's not, he doesn't have blazing speed. He's not uber strong, but he's going to get faster. And he's going to get a little bit stronger. And he's going to also have a more savvy understanding of how to use his God-given talent. I mean, Luka Doncic isn't quick. Yeah. That's true. No, I know. It's like you just have – but Luka has played professional basketball for some time. So he does have that savvy understanding of how to use his assets. Shea is still trying to figure it out. And you see it slowly but surely kind of sprinkled here and there throughout games. Tonight you saw it pretty much from the jump. Yeah, it was one of the few games where he's looked like every bit of the future all-star that we've been told that he's going to be and like that I think he's going to be. I mean, it's it's no secret at this point. Yeah, we, we saw it at the beginning of the year with the first few games, and we've seen it sprinkled in flashes through, you know, maybe for a quarter. Uh, that Timberwolves game that you mentioned, he looked really, really good when he set, got up to that 29. He's had a few full games, full complete games, where he's looked like that guy, that point guard of the future. And tonight was definitely, definitely one of them. He was he was pretty spectacular from start to finish. 
uh, no real point where they were able to stay in his way. Uh, and like I said, just get a little quicker, get a little, f- get a little stronger. Uh, you know, once he gets his body looking like Giannis, you know, <laughs> he's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, just do the, do the Giannis workout and look like a seven-foot-tall Terminator. Greek that's all you got to do, man. That's, that's all, all you have to do. do. It's easy. Let's, yeah. let's go do that right now, guys. I mean, that's basically what Frank <laughs> is looking like across from me is a uh, seven-foot Terminator. <laughs> I, need yeah. to, I, sh- I actually need to peel the curtain back a little bit for some OKC82 listeners. Connor's wearing a Phoenix Suns jersey. What? Right the now. Indoors, oh. tucked into his pants. It's because it's not tucked into my pants. Oh, what? Well, okay, never mind then. Well, was it? Because it was, it was under your button-up shirt. You wore it to the game. I wore it under my button-up shirt to the game. There you go. I went into the Thunder locker room in a DeAndre Ayton black alternate PHX jersey. Uh, Rip in peace, DeAndre Ayton. He yeah. didn't want to go up against Stephen Adams again. Like I don't blame him. Like the yeah. last first ten games last year, I feel like we saw we saw the Suns three yeah, times, yeah, and DeAndre Ayton got sunned by both Stephen and Nerlens Noel. Yeah, he got he got taken down. That that was I think that hey, was he's a rook. His, he's a rook, man. Yeah, that was probably his welcome to the NBA. Yeah, was going up against uh, Stephen Adams. Yeah, exactly. The mm. the monstrous human that is Stephen Adams. Um, DeAndre Ayton couldn't make it to the game tonight, so you know I wore I wore his jersey in honor. Uh, since we're exposing people out here, I'd like to point out that Frank is also, also wearing. Yeah, all, all, all I could see, like he Underneath he's got his fleece, jacket. he's got his fleece zipped up all the way, uh, but the fleece is orange. He did borrow this from me, to yeah. be fair. So I brought this orange is that, fleece on purpose. Is that the throwback from the '90s? That's a Nash one. See, yeah. like Eric Eric Horn and I uh, were arguing before the game because um, I I think the Suns '90s retro jerseys are the best '90s retro jersey. It's either them, I think the best it's either the theirs or Utah's with the mountains. The mountains are very mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. I like the Pistons teal jerseys with the. You know, I was actually because Jerry loves. You know, he's a big Pistons yeah, fan. I like those. And if you asked me last year, I hated the teal jerseys. I hated them really? then. I have really? hated them for the last ten years. I think they're ugly. But I think they've now reached that threshold in time that they're now kind of like nostalgically they're cool. Of a retro yeah, and it's like oh, I kind of like them now. I don't know why. Uh, I would I would strongly argue that uh, the Phoenix Suns black sunburst jerseys from the '90s which Frank is wearing right now, Steve Nash, uh, those are the best jerseys in NBA history. I like the uh, home whites. I don't know why. They just look super clean. Yeah, they look super clean. Um, Purple too, man. Every colorway just looks so nice with the sunburst. My first jersey uh, was a white Phoenix Suns uh, Wayman Tisdale jersey. Nice. Nice. Loved it. Yeah, this one's a little less obscure, but that's okay. Oh well. Oh, we almost well. we almost rocked the Dragon Bender, the Dragon Bender jersey. We got a few options at the Actually, household. You know, I take all that back. The best nineties retro jersey is going to be the Oklahoma City Thunders. The oh Seattle. Uh, oh no. I do like those Seattle jerseys too. Though. Oh yeah, they were they were. it's it's unfortunate that uh, the the Thunder don't get to claim any of this Sonics history. We were talking about this yeah. a little. I mean, bit they they that. own it. They just choose not to. Yeah, it's weird though, because like the, I, don't, I mean, I I understand it. They're trying to make their own history. They're their own thing, but like, I mean, like if when you, when you talk about like like we we mentioned earlier that Shea is the youngest Thunder player since Katie and Westbrook, or besides Katie and Westbrook, to th- to score thirty plus. So like. I feel like they should, for those sort of things, like be able to compare to Gary Payton or whoever. On well, the I mean, Russell list. last year became the highest scoring player in franchise history, even over like so they, Gary. Like they, they, they certain it things that. that they they combine. So I guess something like super sure. individual like that, because because like, Gary Payton was the leading scorer in franchise history yeah. up to that point. Kevin Durant hadn't been here long enough, but yeah, yeah. Um, like, but no, like when Grizzlies claim the Vancouver Grizzlies history, yeah. 
and different ones like that. I don't know. I well, just, if Seattle gets another team, from what I understand, the, the Thunder will the, go back to them. Right? The Thunder will give them back their like banners, their championships, yeah. trophies, and all that history goes back to Seattle. There's, there's no Seattle SuperSonics uh, championship banner hanging. In the no, no, there is not. no. It's it's hanging somewhere. There's a Nick Collison jersey up there though. Yeah, which is uh, kind of surprising to me. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that Nick Collison is his jersey was retired. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that he's like the only one. Yeah. Retired. Oh, I mean, Russell. Just as soon as he retires, as soon as yeah, Russell yeah. retires, he's going to get a statue. Yeah. He's going to have his jersey retired. And the way he's been playing, and I know he just had a 40 point explosion on the road against the Clippers. Cool. But <laughs> if you've watched every other game this year, I wouldn't be surprised if Russell's done playing basketball in the next. Three years. Three years. Next two years. Actually, you're actually the two. Three years. Basically, you don't think his game can evolve at all? No. To no. As an old man. No. How old is he right now? He's what? He's got this year and next year left on his deal. I don't know if he if he plays that much longer because a his body is going to not be able to do the things that he can currently do much longer, and two he's not getting better at shooting. He hasn't so far. That's for sure. I mean, I don't know. I think that it's. It's not impossible for guys in their old age to develop jump shots. Look at Jason Kidd. Who Russell's not going career. to, Connor. Even He's not he, going to. Even if he doesn't, and even if that athleticism starts to chip away, I still think that Russell Westbrook isn't enough of an elite basketball player in terms of his IQ, in terms of in- his intensity, what he brings to the floor, and so many, so many more things than just his athleticism and his lack of shooting. Uh, he's still an incredible passer. I think that a team will be willing to sign him to obviously a much smaller deal than he's on now and find some sort of way to utilize it. I'm now. just kidding, Thunder fans. Russell's <laughs> Russell's pretty damn Russell's good. Russell's going to play forever. I just <laughs> I just want there to be a like I want that time to come quickly because there's a part sure. of me like when I'm looking at it from a writing perspective, like Russell was supposed to finish out his career in Oklahoma City. He was supposed to be like Dirk, Kobe, Tim Duncan, those guys. Didn't happen. And, and we should blame Paul George. We should blame <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. It's Kawhi Leonard's fault, oh, yeah. actually. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, we should thank Kawhi Leonard because now I'm covering a team that's kind of, frankly, in- more interesting. This team's more fun. And yeah. A little bit more fun. Than the last They're not as talented or as good, but yeah. we know what those teams with Paul and Russell were. Like, they weren't long for the postseason world. But um, I-, I just want their – I want that legacy to kind of be remembered and recognized sooner rather than later. Yeah. So there's a part of me that's just kind of going, all right, hurry up, Russell, retire so that the Thunder can build your statue outside of Chesapeake so that they can retire your jersey and be this whole big thing. I think he's got a reunion tour coming. Like, I, I think I would be – January 9th. Well, yeah. Rockets he'll, come he'll, to town. He'll be back. I think that I think that Russell Westbrook probably will sign a contract in Oklahoma City at some point. I don't know if that'll be the next one that he signs right after his giant $40 million deal expires in a couple of years. Might go home first. Yeah, he might he might hang out in Houston for a minute with, with his buddy Harden. He might go to L.A. for a minute, and he hasn't gotten to play in L.A., which there were reports from the very beginning of his career that he's wanted to. Uh, but I, I'd like to think that at some point he'll come back to Oklahoma City, even if it's just for a year on like a minimum deal, and you know, write it out as Shea Gilgis Alexander's backup, maybe. I wouldn't. Oh, Paul Pierce. Oh, just one day. God. Yeah, one day contract. Yeah. Why not? He oh my himself. goodness. That'll work for me. Uh, the NBA, it's makes me feel old. Dwayne Wade's not even in the league anymore. Sad. Makes me. Oh. I mean, you have Tyler Harrow. That's like basically the same. The, thing. Oh my gosh, the Heat. Bam Adebayo is an All Star. Oh, Bam's a freak. Kendrick Nunn sure. is should be in leading the Rookie of the Year charge, but no, John Morant almost killed Kevin Love, so we like we got to give it to him. Nah, John Morant's good. Yeah, John also, John is John Morant the best rookie on his own team? 
maybe okay brandon clark is good i love brandon clark (laughs) (laughs) i have i have been obsessed with brandon clark for a little while now don't Um, remind thunder fans that he was traded his rights were traded for darius basley although darius uh, basley i think he's got a little special in him night too darius basley had a few uh few flashes of brilliance tonight um we had we had one oh wow moment at least when he when he gave us that nice spin move into his little like double uh he, he does like a little double clutch dunk that he likes to do uh, when he gets some momentum going to the rim, he airballed a three early, but uh, Brandon Clark wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't. I don't no, know. No, he's too that. old. <laughs> he's too old to do that. Not that's, his. That's the thing is, Brandon Clark's got like three or four years on. At him his advanced basically. age, I don't know if his knees can take it. Yeah, probably not. He's probably close to retirement. So he Brandon may- Clark's older than Buddy Heald. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Clark uh, is a nice player. I still think. I think Jaw is probably the better rookie. I think that. It's not impossible to say that Brandon Clark might have a better career than Jaw. I mean, he's the Summer League MVP. Summer League MVP, exactly. And he's, Thunder and he's fans were so angry numbers. about that. <laughs> big numbers, too. I mean, he's, he's a solid He had a good player. game the other night against the Thunder. He just scored 27 on him. Yeah. I was, I was hoping we were going to get Baisley in the, uh, in the post-game interview because I wanted to ask him about, like, if he thought about that at all. Like, you should have asked. Yeah. I, di- I, didn't, I didn't get the chance to because they were doing their whole suit picture thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I was doing post game. Yeah. yeah. But he, uh, he, I was hoping to ask him like, you know, have you been keeping tabs on Clark at all? Like does his performance tonight, like, does that mean anything to you since you guys got traded for each other? On he probably would have been like, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's the answer I would have gotten, but you know, who are we that, talking that's about? I'm curious about for no. sure. Um, I guess this will be a good way. I mean, obviously the thunder had a blowout victory tonight, so there's only so much to talk about. We hit all the points. So this will be a good opportunity for us to segue into the thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, at this point in the show, Paul George is coming back to town. Oh boy. Let me say my little thing and then I'll give the floor to you guys. I don't think Paul George was here long enough to garner a legacy of, we hate you, Paul George. We're going to boo you now. Now, I think that there are going to be plenty of boos on Sunday evening when they come to town because it's the easy thing to do. And I'm not going to say that people that do that are going to be wrong, but I just hope as a native Oklahoman that I don't hear that many boos because at the same time, Paul George is the only all-star level player to ever choose to play in Oklahoma City. Yeah, he didn't finish out his contract, and it was only technically for one year that he chose to play here, but he chose to play here. So anytime somebody nationally says, nobody ever wants to play in Oklahoma City, wrong, sir. Paul George did for 365 days, mind you. So there's that. Number two, he did it in such a way that allowed Sam Presti to have a to uh, act on his feet quickly and have a plan B. And that plan B, thus far even in the short term, has bore some very impressive fruit, and then you've got so many assets moving forward. You've fleeced the Clippers' future. They better win three titles, because if not, oh my God, in five or five to seven years, when the Clippers are awful and the Thunder are like gift, being gifted their draft picks, that's going to be a sad reminder of what might have been. But, um, I mean, if you get rings, who cares? But really, like at the end of the day, I think there's going to be some boos. I hope not. He wasn't here long enough, but he did choose to play in Oklahoma City. So I think that that needs to be recognized in some way, shape, shape or form, too, in a positive manner. I, I mean, I, that's that's a solid take. Uh, like I mentioned quickly earlier in the show, I think that we're going to hear largely cheers. I think people understand, like what you said, he chose to play here. Paul George was an incredible player for Oklahoma City. He was top top five, I think top three in MVP voting last year. Yeah, he finished 
Did he finish second? I think he was. No, he finished no, third. He was third, yeah. He finished second in defensive player of the year. Yeah. yeah, elite, elite player on both ends of the floor for them. For even if it was only two seasons that he was around, like he was, he was a really, really good player. And you know, I, I understand that people could be upset about him wanting to leave and forcing himself out, and the implications that it had about forcing Russell Westbrook out along with him. Yeah. So once he was gone, Russell Westbrook's time was basically done with the Thunder. That's incredibly unfortunate for a guy who's basically the face of not just the Thunder, not just Oklahoma City, but the entire state of Oklahoma is Russell. It, like Russell Westbrook's the face of that, uh, at least at that point. Um, but I, I do think that people will mostly appreciate what Paul George did for the team. You know, they never had a championship run, but he was an incredible player. Took them to the playoffs, gave them some hope at different points in the season that they could. Gave them the dream back after KD left, the dream back that they could make it to a championship and. The fashion in which he left, he didn't publicly announce that he wanted to be traded. He didn't come out and try and release something like Anthony Davis did. He didn't. He didn't come to to practice or to his last game wearing a "That's All Folks" shirt like Anthony Davis did. I didn't dress myself. I, oh, this was just left on the the, the end a, of my bed. What a fool! <laughs> He's yeah, a talented fool, but a, a fool talented, nonetheless. Talented fool, <laughs> but. I think Paul George, you know, he, he wanted out for whatever his reasons were. He wanted to go to L.A. This was understood. Play with Kawhi Leonard. If you're in his position, can you, like, really, really blame the dude? No. And the way he went about doing it, I think, was about as professional and as subtle as he could have done it. So I don't think he deserves to be booed. He will get some boos from the crowd 100% because, you know, people are emotional about sports, and I respect that. I'm not going to be mad at you if you boo at Paul George either. Uh, I, I do think that he deserves cheers. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both of you. And especially you mentioned last season how magnificent Paul George was. Yeah. And remember, he played that with like both of none of his shoulders were like work well because he had both his shoulder injuries mm. and he didn't play the season until like November. Mm -hmm. And we saw like first two games he played for the Clippers. That was that was huge. He had 37 points in 20 minutes. So imagine if he played, if he had like two healthy shoulders with at the, with the, with the Thunder. Who, who knew what would happen? Maybe they were, they, maybe they were past the, the the Blazers. Yeah, even though those teams like kind of left a sour taste in my mouth in terms of like two first round exits, and they were both very bad exits. They weren't competitive that like especially the Portland game, uh, Portland series. It wasn't I mean, that competitive. The Jazz wasn't much better. The Jazz, the Jazz wasn't much better, but they had their moments, and even still, Paul George like shrank in Game Six. Yeah. Like he just wanted nothing to do, but he was also hurt. Then there's a lot of what if. There's a lot of yeah. like a lot of meat left on the that table. One felt more excusable than the Portland one, where you know what? What were they down? Were they down two zero or three zero? And then they win a game, and it was like, oh, we're coming for you. We're coming for you. Yeah, no, they were down two zero, and even then, like that series, like they were down two zero, but they missed like. 500 three-pointers oh, like, an, like a, a stupid amount of three-pointers of like if they just hit just below average they win those games so you go back and that you go back to Oklahoma City for two games thinking okay they're back home like this could easily be 2-2 and then we got a series yeah, and they show both their way into a game three win and then game four Dame just takes their soul yeah I mean as, as close as they may have been as competitive as, the, as they may have been like a five game series is a five game series you got gentlemen swept like, little did we know that dame was also waving goodbye to the portland franchise yeah. <laughs> in addition yes. to his own because <laughs> like i don't i'm still waiting for portland to figure out they're way too talented and they were way too successful the last few seasons for me to just say oh yeah they're they suck yeah they're go. they have to figure it out i don't know 
know, man. The depth on that roster is just They let their perimeter defense just buy. Yeah, See you let, later. They let them leave, <laughs> and now that they're they're paying the price with in terms of injuries, they thought they could just plug uh, Hassan Whiteside and his giant contract in. Hassan Whiteside is trash, and man. The emptiness of, uh, of Nurkic, and it's just not the same. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. As good as Damian Lillard and CJ, as hard as they want to try to carry carry this team, there's too many good teams in the NBA this year. And there and there there has been for multiple years, but I think around the league, like every single team besides the Knicks is strong and will give you competition on any given night. And I, I think they're just not deep enough, not well equipped enough to handle the injuries and be able to come out and play hard every night and put it on, put, get it done. It's just not happening. Yeah. And speaking of the Blazers, do you guys think they would trade for? Yeah. See, I was actually just talking to somebody about this before I came up here. Um, I think it really, it really depends. It really depends because if Portland does figure it out quickly, if they if they just go on like an eight game winning streak and then all everything just okay, now we've got it. Now I could see them then saying, okay, we're gonna get Nurkic back at some point. That helps. Why don't we just go ahead and go all in on Danilo Gallinari for the rest of the season? Because he would make he would elevate the ceiling of that team. And they have I would understand multiple scenarios that make sense for them to get Gallinari. They yeah, have multiple options to trade, and that would un- that would make sense to me. Now, if they don't figure it out really quickly and they keep pi- their losses keep piling up, and it becomes apparent that if we make the playoffs, it's either as the eighth seed or we're just going to miss it. At that point, just punt the season, and then if that's the case, why do you want to get a three-month rental that's not going to stay with you. Yeah. So in that sense, because Portland is struggling so much, and I can't think of another playoff contending suitor that would want to go after a rental in Danilo Gallinari when he's not going to stay, it just makes me think that the sign-in trade at the end of the year after the season's over is that much more in play. Sure. I so mean, Portland makes sense, but they've got to figure some crap out quickly. Possible. Yeah, coming, coming into the season, I think Portland was the destination that a lot of people had in mind. It, it was definitely one that I played around with a good amount on, on the trade machine. Uh, but at this point where they're sitting at, like it looks like there's a solid s- top six teams in the West. And out of everyone beneath that, I think the Jazz is the sixth. After that, it doesn't really seem like any of those other teams. The Thunder are seventh, but I don't think they're cracking that top six. No, the Jazz are like 17-11, but, I mean, they just lost Mike Conley for a few weeks. We'll see how that affects yeah. them. But I, they're well, not going to fall off the face of the earth. Well, even And even if they fall a little bit, like, the Portland Trailblazers are far back enough that right now even it seems like their best-case scenario is the seventh seed. Yep. Like maybe the six seed. And they'll be fighting teams like Oklahoma City, Portland, or Phoenix, Minnesota, Sacramento, teams with talent. Yeah, teams that are legit. That are actually getting better. Sacramento's getting better. The Thunder are clearly getting better. The Suns might, I'm going to put them in yeah. kind of neutral because I want to see them healthy for a few weeks in a row before I just say they suck or they're, hey, they're better. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton have played a total of two, two games together. Or wait, one game together this yep. entire season. So. You know, give it. I would like to see them together for at least a little bit before the verdict is out in one way or the other on the Suns. Well, Connor, thank you so much. Thank Frank, you so much. thank you so much for joining thank the you. podcast. By the way, thank you. Thank you, you going so back to uh, is is Rice in Houston? It is. Yes, it is. You going back to Houston after the holidays, or how long are you up here? I'm gonna be here for five days. Okay, hanging out for the weekend plus a little bit. He'll, you'll be at the uh, Clippers game with me. You want to come to that one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Are you guys going to Australia together? 
Uh, no, he's no. gonna be he's gonna be going back to school like uh, like he should be doing, and oh. he'll be doing what I should not be doing, and ditching that all for the great unknown. Oh, you're just going James Wiseman on everybody. Like, screw the NCAA. Yeah, I'm dropping the, I'm dropping the NCAA, and we're going uh, international. I'm gonna go go to Australia and prepare for the NBA draft. Just don't wear short shorts like uh, what's his name, Kenyones. Like his, who? <laughs> like his uh, that. That guy that plays for Memphis. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> he wears like. Have you watched a Memphis game I this think, year? Yeah, I know. I know. Who that dude with the about. shortest shorts I've ever seen <laughs> since like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> dude, it's like a full-on trend now. Like it started in the NBA, and like I, I watched my little brother is on his high school basketball team, and so I've gone to some of their games. Those kids hike their shorts up high. Like they take it to another level, just because I guess there's no shame. They're not on TV. Because no, Russell does it, and because yeah, Kelly Oubre does it. And, <laughs> yeah, because of Kelly Oubre. <laughs> to be fair, Kelly Oubre. is Kelly Oubre crazy. He looks crazy. Yeah, he he's might, got a crazy look in his eye. He's definitely a, uh, he might be a little bit psychotic. I think that's part of his. I think that's part of his charm. Uh, yeah, and I think it's also part of the reason that he's a quality basketball. His picture player. on Basketball Reference is going to give me nightmares, man. Oh yeah, I don't know if I've seen that. <laughs> just one. like when we're done, just look it up, and it just oh. look. He just got this. He has this look in his eye, like I'm going to invade your dreams, and <laughs> you'll never escape me. Oh, I like man. that. I like tsunami poppy. <laughs> tsunami poppy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Tsunami poppy. Shot poppy. Th- those were his nicknames on Basketball Reference. I was like, who the hell calls him tsunami poppy? People call him that. You are clearly out of touch with the youth, Brady. I'm sorry, man. Okay, tsunami so when so when Mello was here. Uh-huh. Two years ago, like his basketball reference nickname is like one of them is Sweet Melon, and I asked, Sweet yeah, so I asked Carmelo, I was like, hey, did you know that your basketball reference nickname one of them is Sweet Melon, and he just rolled his eyes like, I don't like that nickname, man, and I he was like, but don't tell anybody, and now I kind of feel bad telling Frank since you are from China because he then told me he was like. My name translates to sweet melon or something in, men, in Mandarin. Yes. Is that right? And he was like, so I can't publicly say that I don't like it because I've got a lot of fans in China. Oh, <laughs> but Frank, do not spread that. I guess he just doesn't like being called sweet melon in English. Oh, What's man. up, sweet melon? Are there any other like funny Chinese nicknames for, for players that you guys got? For, just from translation or whatever? Or is that, is that one of the better ones? Uh, Tim Duncan is the Buddha. The Buddha. That <laughs> makes so much That's sense. Perfect. That's no perfect. wonder. Oh man, goodness! Yeah, I feel like one. this. There was a story about this like last year about some like comical I think English was, to uh, Mandarin translations yeah, from yeah. the NBA. Was it maybe Steph Curry or something? I, I don't remember. I, I yeah, like uh, I think Steph Curry's name translates to English is Curry fuck the sky. Curry fuck <laughs> the sky. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, um, can Curry you the sky fucker? Yeah, sky fucker. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not bleeping that out because people need to know that. Uh, like, can you imagine if like Kevin Durant was something to do with like a serpent? Uh, Thunder fans would just go crazy for that. The the snake. Frank, can you just tell us that it has that it's like the serpent king or something, and we'll believe you. The reptile king. The reptile king. Yeah. You, can, you can lie about what, what these uh, players. Names I know you have a lot of power right now. You really. Do. I don't know how many of our listeners can speak Chinese or understand Mandarin. I, I just so you have so much power right yeah, now. You can you can convince the entire state of Oklahoma of pretty much anything in Mandarin. I hope you guys expand to China, yeah. the Asian market. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was getting a little, a uh, little uh, worrisome to begin yeah, begin the year. But and that's only the Rockets. Yeah, yeah opportunities. I think the I think the Thunder need to step into that hole. I think. It, and the Rockets are a very boring team, so it makes sense he, he, mm. that way. I, they're so boring. You think so? They're boring. Yeah, I, I mean, I get, I get the complaints. 
I don't know. I, I kind of like I mean, watching. I mean, the president of the NBA Player Association plays for Oklahoma City, so um, that's true. true. So why mean, not tap into that their market? I don't hate watching James Harden as much as many people seem to hate watching James Harden, or at least say that they hate watching James Harden. Well, he's an all-time prolific scorer. And you know what? Scoring is fun. The first half tonight bored me because of the fouls and the and the time stoppages. That's that. that's what I get when I watch James Harden. You now he's get a he, lot of fouls. Yeah, that's I'm just like true. bored. I'm bored. All right. I mean, he pulls out some incredible moves sometimes, though, and I think that's enough for me to overcome. And the way in which he's able to get fouls still is so crafty because people know what's coming and they still can't do anything about it, and he's still able to draw that contact. Now that. Almost a carry dribble he he had on Paul George where he forced Paul George to rage quit mid mid possession. I was like, oh damn, that is not that, that is sweet. Sick. Yeah, I'll, I'll always love James Harden, the uh, the part of the original OKC championship run. So he, he's got a special place in my heart, even if people want to complain about how boring he is. He's scoring thirty eight points a game. Chill out. He's fine. That'll do. Connor, thank you. Frank, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, actually, really quick, tell everybody where you can uh, follow you on Twitter if you have a Twitter. Yes, so you can follow me on Twitter at HZ Blacksmith. HZ is, the sh- is short for Hangzhou, the city I'm from. I'm gon- always going to represent. Oh, yeah. And Blacksmith is sort of sar- sarcastic because <laughs> I missed a lot of shots. <laughs> on the rim. <laughs> like the blacksmith. So HZ Blacksmith. Perfect. Yeah, I'm a bricklayer myself as well. <laughs> I was more of a defensive player when I played when I played ball in high school. Oh well, Connor, no one gives a crap about your Twitter. Uh, oh, okay. what is well, it? I'm just it's kidding. At, it's at AUBNBA. Feel free to follow it. Feel free to not follow it. If you're following me, that's great. You want to unfollow me? I understand. It's all good. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. As always, we will return Sunday evening, Sunday night after the Thunder take on the Clippers, and then we'll have pretty much the entire week off until we talk about the Grizzlies again. So everybody, thank you so much. Have a safe weekend and we'll talk to you later. Peace.